0: Bruce Willis's hairpiece is the real crime. We watched Bandits, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies.
1: In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty. All that stands between a city
2: and a disaster. In a city where anything can happen. If you thought you had seen it all.
0: Beavers and ducks. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workoven and I am joined, as always, by Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark?
1: I'm really well and super excited about this movie. Yes,
0: yes. And Brian, the Unipiper Kid. How are you, Brian, the Unipiper Kid?
3: Uh, doing well. Looking forward to uh, fixing this big blind spot in our repertoire.
0: Yes, it's been a long time coming and we have a very special guest who, I am going to just start saying it, I has the longest running uh, podcast in Portland history. Because you have been going since, like, 2003,
2: 2004? Uh, this April will be 17 years.
0: Wow, wow. So, yes, the a pioneer of the Portland uh, podcast <laughs> scene, uh, writer and podcaster and all-around geek in the city, it is Aaron Duran. Welcome to the show, Aaron.
2: Thanks, everyone. Yay. Pretty jazz to be here. This would be fun.
0: Yes, yes. You told me long ago <laughs> that you had some... Uh, some intimate knowledge of the behind the scenes of Bandits because you worked on it. But I I kind of kept it kept it as a surprise uh, so that you could tell us on the show. So what is your your affiliation with the movie Bandits?
2: So I was first brought on uh, as a as a production assistant. I was hired as a P.A., Um, was my first professional like production job. I had been taking some production in school and my teacher said, hey, they're hiring. Send your resume and go for it. And the woman Nicole Furia, uh, she hired me like that evening, right after Like I got home and she called me and she says, be here at six a.m. tomorrow. You're hired. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. About what's funny though is about a week and a half into the production, one of the other associate producers, um, I'll say his name. This isn't that bad. Uh, his name's his name's Lenny Vulo, and. <laughs> somebody made him angry and he took it out on a bunch of PAs and it's that Hollywood cliche. He fired like eight, like oh, on wow. the spot. And he tried to fire me and Nicole decided, Aaron's not a PA. He's now my official assistant. You have no authority over him. <laughs> um, so I went from a PA to, uh, uh, executive assistant of Nicole Furia. She was the uh, head of accounting. That was her job.
0: So. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, the great irony being is that I have been left off the credits completely.
0: Oh, <laughs> man. Is, has that turned out to be good or bad?
2: Oh, I don't care. But I mean, when I first saw the screening and I watched the credits, I was really bummed out. Oh, sure. Because it was sure. going to be my first on-screen totally. credit, like, ever. And it wasn't there. And I was super bummed. That is a disappointing. Um, so they felt bad and sent me a crew jacket months later.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Do you still have that crew jacket?
2: Uh, I think it's finally been broken into tatters. It's just the tackiest crew jacket you've ever (laughs) seen. It wasn't, you know, you see like those really cool, sometimes they're like Letterman style, leather, or even like a windbreaker. This wasn't that, this was like wearing like an Ewok. It was that weird (laughs) curly brown fabric. Oh, And then like just on on the upper breast here, they just like, badly like <laughs> embroidered mgm studios and then on the back in red it just said bandits i'm like
0: this wow is the it's like those old yeah. like like the sateen jackets or whatever oh, i man. don't even know what the word for that material was that 80s like weird like all the all the toughs in movies would be wearing them these like these shiny jackets or whatever so yeah
2: it was Yeah, it was a disturbing jacket to wear. I did not wear it very often. Uh, They did give me a a hat, and I did wear that pretty well. It was a cool hat. It was a nice hat.
0: Nice, nice. So
2: so this movie is kind of
3: all over the place in terms of uh, geography. Were you just for the Portland shoot, or
2: did you travel around? I didn't travel around that much. I did the Portland shoot, or I helped out on that one. I got to go to Oregon City a couple times. Um. Cause like I said, I was, I was in the accounting offices. So like, as a rule, we don't hang on on sets. Um, but if it was during payday, she'd say, Hey, do you want to go and deliver checks and deliver per diems and all that stuff? And you get to hang on on set for a bit. So I got to see a couple of the, uh, the Oregon city sites, the, the bank and stuff. And then the scenes where they're in the cabin by the lake, mm-hmm. trying to remember where that's filmed at. I got to go there too. That was, that was fucking weird. Oh, yeah. that. Sh- oh, sorry. Can I drop F-bomb? Oh How yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, was that cabin that was built the more, for
0: the for the movie, or was that already there?
2: I think it was already there, and then they embellished upon it. Okay,
0: because okay. I think
2: it was like a, it's like a federal campground, like okay. a, like a national forest. Campground. Yeah,
0: if you can remember that, you'll have to um, let me know so I can put it on our map.
3: It's got a really yeah. In the movie, it has a really cool sign like "Honeymoon Cabins," and I went googling for like Oregon honeymoon cabins, and of course, it doesn't <laughs> seem to exist.
2: If I remember correctly, that scenes are filmed somewhere outside Boring, Oregon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those outdoor scenes, because everyone was making a big joke about, "Oh, this place is called Boring, Oregon," which, if you live here, you're like, "Oh, fun. yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, boring." <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait and until I'll you see sure cooch. About some of that stuff. The the great thing about that is they couldn't close the. In- I think it was a campground that they had like rented. Like the like the drivers were staying there in their trailers and they would bring the stars trailers there. Cause it was like a week and a half shoot in just that cabin area. Wow. But they couldn't Whoa. they couldn't they couldn't close or buy out like the entire campground. So there were the, the few times I was there, there were many times of Barry Levinson yelling cut because there's people camping across the lake and are just like, We're gonna go fucking water skiing. Like is <laughs> <Blanchett's laughs> having this like really quiet, intimate scene with like one like Bruce Willis or Billy Ball in the background yeah. here.
3: <laughs>
0: oh that's pretty great um so this movie this movie is based on supposedly based on true events that i did not look into and so i'd be very curious a if somebody did or b what matches up with the reality that this movie presents
1: yeah we did a little uh investigation uh, we watched a featurette a 20 minute featurette on uh the behind the scenes of bandits and uh yeah. early 70s there were these two guys uh there wasn't the love triangle uh, okay the, the thruple, you the mean thruple. <laughs> yeah. and uh but many of the uh you know they didn't use guns they weren't violent they did do this sleepover bandit thing where they would uh okay know, and uh the the guy who uh Billy Bob Thornton's character was a really good cook and one of the interviews with one of the one of the the, the wife you know character was like I, I really want to get his lasagna recipe <laughs> before he goes he, like goes away and, and so some of that it was taken from real life uh, yeah
0: oh funny okay
3: so I, I read similar, um, but maybe a little bit uh, different. So one thing that I thought was pretty interesting was that um, the the two real life guys, their names really were uh, was it like Joe and uh Joe Barry? and Terry. Joe Terry. And Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in real life, their names were Joe and Terry. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what I also found out is that there was a copycat heist after wow. this movie came out. Uh, in 2007 I couldn't find much information on it but I found several references to some somebody who was imitating what they saw in this movie oh wow <laughs>
1: Joe, Joe did break out of prison with a, on a cement mixer I see I was uh, really wondering truck.
0: that was the easiest bank or not bad prison escape I've ever seen. So it
1: wasn't Terry that was with him. Uh, and the guy that did hop on with him got killed. Oh, (laughs) so, so, uh, didn't end the same way, but, uh, uh, and I don't think that that was the, like the sequence of events wasn't the same like it wasn't
0: yes this movie starts out with bruce willis and billy bob thornton who are the two stars of this movie in prison and walking around and they escape by jumping into a a cement truck from ross island ross Ross island Island makes a great appearance Uh in this movie yeah uh and they jump in the truck because there's some there's some construction going and they apparently just let the cement truck and the workers just into the prison yard just to like hang out together and do their thing not sequestered apart from each other so
1: and and that scene was actually shot at oregon prison and all the extras are prisoners oh very cool
2: very cool cool. they were that was really shot at one of the oregon state prisons all the inmates you see are inmates wow Uh, the great little side story about that so the portland like crew screening that cast and crew screening (laughs) Like, I actually think any of the lead cast members were there. I think maybe a, I think like the bank teller and the family were here. <laughs> but it was but it was all the local crew because MGM actually hired a lot of locals to work on. Oh, nice. It was, nice. A, it was a big deal. Yeah, it pumped a lot of money. Um, so the Hollywood Theater did the crew screening for it. And just like out of that scene out of like, oh, brother, war art thou? Like guards are marching like 20 inmates into the Hollywood theater. They're given their entire section. And that scene, when the cement truck bursts out of the Oregon State prison, they stand up and lose their mind. That is Everyone's awesome. laughing with them. They calm down quickly, but they're like, yeah! Wow. That is that was so cool.
3: <laughs> so I wonder if you're a prisoner, like, and that happens, do you get a say, like, you're gonna be in this movie whether you want to or not? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not you know
0: i imagine there was I mean, sign out. Gonna, I mean, tryouts maybe
2: yeah and like who doesn't you know they're who's, all gonna want who's do
0: gonna it. say no. i mean what else are you gonna do right <laughs> like you're either gonna yeah. be in the movie or you're gonna sit there and watch other people be in the movie <laughs> i guess those are your oh choices. i guarantee
2: also there are inmates that whether they got released or not are telling their friends that they're tight with bruce willis uh, now oh, <laughs> oh absolutely. they have so elaborated their extra scene <laughs> oh yeah <laughs>
0: So this movie uh, uh, also has Kate Blanchett, which I didn't I didn't really realize until Aaron you mentioned to that uh, that to me when mm-hmm. we were texting back and forth. And January Jones is also in this movie, who was very young, who played the who played the wife on Mad Men. So yeah, it's interesting to see her her. It's always fascinating to me to see all these people. We think like it took one thing for them to break out. And then you look out and like, no, 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 they've, they've been doing stuff for like 20 years. You've just never noticed them before. <laughs> that always mm-hmm. fascinates me.
1: Yeah. The overnight success that took two decades. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. This movie also interesting because it has kind of two framing devices. There's the framing device of, um, the two, uh, Billy Bob and Bruce Willis, uh, talking to a TV, like America's most wanted type, mm-hmm. uh, TV show host. And that kind of goes throughout, and then they also frame it with a flash. Ba- the whole movie is kind of a flashback because they start with yeah. the last scene, and and I wondered. I'm not super familiar with Barry Levinson, Aaron. Maybe maybe you are more. I know he's he's known as being a great director. I know he's had some flops as well, and so I didn't know if this was his normal style. But it felt like in the, in the late '90s, everyone was trying to do kind of a Tarantino thing. And I wonder if the way that they kind of chopped this movie up like that was as an influence or to try to make it more interesting. I couldn't, I couldn't figure that out.
2: Maybe. I mean, I remember being, even though I was never going to really meet him, I was excited to be on a Barry Levinson movie. Yeah. Like, this yeah. Is the dude who did young Sherlock Holmes. Good morning, Vietnam. He did rain man bugsy. So like yeah. he's got some directorial chops. Um, This so does not feel like a Barry Levinson movie, like at all.
0: Yeah. And that's what Um, I was wondering. It feels like a
2: Portland movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's kind of sad. You look at his career after bandits and there are interesting choices.
0: Well, and he had done toys already with Robin Williams before this. And that was a, that was right after good morning, Vietnam, I think, um, and that was that was shot sort of around here in the in the Washington's Palouse area. There was some. Right. Some I remember the ad campaign of Robert Robin Williams standing in a field, which was in the Palouse and like doing some zany Robin Williams <laughs> thing. And then. Yeah. Um, so I also thought it was interesting that the first time we get any real backstory of Bruce Willis's character is literally in the end credits is like the first time we learn anything about him. He at one point tells Billy Bob a story about his brother that ends up not being true. And then when they're in the end credits doing kind of what you can tell is totally improvised, uh, interview with the America's most wanted guy. Um, and yeah, you can a tell Bruce Willis thinks he is hilarious doing this improv at Billy Bob does too. Um, but yeah, he ends up saying something about like, oh, in my past or whatever. And it's the first time we ever learn anything about Bruce Willis in this movie is an improv scene over the credits.
2: That I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I never read like the original full script, but strangely enough, one of my jobs was to print up any script changes. Oh, okay. And, the, and I don't know if this is on every film, but the way it was done for bandits is that every script revision basically had a different colored page and you would replace that those pages with the script. So you would give out the revisions except for like the leads, like Willis, Billy Bob, Kate Blanchett. They got brand new scripts, but still with the colored pages, you actually had to reassemble the pages. Wow. Um, I worked on bandits for, I think it was two months. I easily sent out at least 20 different revisions.
0: Wow.
2: Um, there were a lot of revisions, um, to that movie and not always like, it's just one line. We got to tweak it. Like I was, there were times where like, it was like an eighth of an inch thick of like standard paper was going into the screen.
0: Wow. Right. So is there talk on the set then when things like that start happening, does it like go out as far as, as what you were doing? Or is that kind of, is some of that chaos contained kind of within the, the decision makers?
2: Um, from my own exposure this was a very chaotic and not fun shoot for anyone oh wow um the the big thing that happened is before they if i remember correctly and this is about something that nicole told me before they ever shot like a single frame they ended up going like 10 million over budget because <laughs> if i remember correctly right as they got there billy bob thornton came down with pneumonia oh Ooh, wow. really bad flu so he's taken out for like two weeks and then gm kind of ran the numbers is like look we're gonna lose our shorts no matter what It's cheaper to just keep everyone there and do behind the scenes stuff for two weeks before we ever start filming than to go back to L.A., come back, reset up and stuff like that. Um, And also like and this was in the papers back then. So it's not super out of turn. Like Bruce Willis was going through some shit like he and Demi had been separated for a little bit. okay, And they were dealing with like a stalker oh wow and since bruce willis's kids are in the movie they're yeah. in the they're the kids of the banker's yeah. kids right right um they're all like hypersensitive you'd hear reports that he was a real kind of a dick on the set and he kind of was yeah but looking back it's because he's got legitimate fears that like right. someone is and his whole family's here whether he and demi are divorced it's still like it's the mother of my kids and we've got a stalker um so that explains a lot of it, but it was not a happy shoot from anyone that I know that worked there when I would chat with folks and stuff like that Wow
0: just huh. a, just a, kind of an aside but about Bruce Willis, I just finished listening to a podcast series called Haleywood and it's about Bruce Willis buying a property in this little town in Idaho and kind of turning it into his little <laughs> own fiefdom and stuff like that it's <laughs> it's super fascinating. it's like an eight an eight uh, episode series. Oh God I gotta listen to that called Haleywood uh, that's super fascinating but um, But Bruce Willis must have been just been coming off of The Sixth Sense. And I don't remember when Sling Blade was, but I do remember that late 90s when Billy Bob was super popular, too. So I was trying to figure out on my second viewing. I watched it last night, although it was on 1.39 speed, (laughs) um, trying to figure out why this movie doesn't work. Because it should, it should be a fun caper about bank robbers. I mean, that's almost hard to get wrong. And I could, and, and I did read in the IMDB, I think trivia, and I don't know if this is true, that Bruce Willis was supposed to play Billy Bob's part or some other. And, and then there's yeah.
1: Val Kilmer, right. Was originally going to be Joe. Okay. And, and then Val Kilmer had scheduling issues. Okay. Uh, I believe.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it did it did I think ultimately it, what happened is that it just felt very miscast and I think that's why like Billy Bob from scene to scene is like I feel like he's playing a completely different character from the scene like in one he's like this Woody Allen, neurotic, I can't even think straight because one pupil might be too big. And then the next scene, he's like very competently robbing a bank. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's like, and then sometimes with Kate Blanchett, he's like, oh, I'm going to get diarrhea from lactose and I'm falling on the floor. And then other times he's like this suave, like lovable, whatever. And like every time we got these people, I felt like it was a different thing. And maybe it is because they're getting different pages every day and, and not <laughs> yeah, knowing how it, to deal they with just, it.
2: It just kept revising. They just I just kept remembering delivering different color pages over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah,
0: wow. So I think and and besides that, I, I did feel very disjointed as far as that editing, and I did kind of want. I'm I'm assuming that was very of the time because then all of a sudden there'd be like music from The Matrix in it. You're right. <laughs> like what? <laughs> who? Who invited these people to do the soundtrack suddenly? Um, But one thing we do get at the very beginning, this movie starts off kind of on a high because they do escape from prison in the cement truck. They drive the cement truck and and
1: through the backyards
0: oh yeah which i thought was a fantastic scene well they drove it down a hill and through (laughs) a forest for the which Mm -hmm. was all real and terrifying and then yeah there's a there's like this nice wide shot of this neighbor neighborhood with all these big backyards (laughs) with just a concrete truck plowing (laughs) through everything and that was really great and they end up robbing the silverton bank yes yes Mm -hmm. which is
2: very exciting in downtown Oregon city.
3: <laughs>
0: see, <laughs> well, I, that some of that was, but then after they robbed that Silverton bank, they drive down the street past, past Brian's house.
3: Yeah. This is a first for the show where one of our own houses uh, shows up in the movie, in the movie. Um, yeah, so that, that yeah, like, the,
0: the little downtown scene of Silverton was shot in Silverton because you can see a couple of the roads. Oh, that's right. There. Yeah, and yeah. and oh, then wait, they go to so Oregon Brian city. Did,
2: Brian, did you have to sign a location permission? <laughs> I was definitely not living uh, in, oh, in that house at that time. <laughs> okay, because that means if you had, you would have met the teacher that recommended me to take this job. Because when she wasn't teaching, her job in in Oregon in Portland. She used to be the primary location scout for studios. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> yeah. That would be a cool job. Yeah. I got to help her out a little bit after Bandits. It was a sweet... She just drove around and took awesome uh-huh. pictures and then FedEx them to producers. It was And he got paid to do it. It was pretty right. sweet. That's really this cool. This looks cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. So they, they um, go past... Go ahead, Brian. Do,
3: do we want to give folks maybe the back of the uh, DVD box summary of what this movie is even about? Yeah. yeah why don't Why don't you not do familiar that? Familiar with it?
0: Yeah. Sure. Sure.
3: I happen to have the DVD box pulled up uh, on my screen here. So let's see, bandits. Strap yourself in for one hilarious action comedy with great chemistry, great one-liners, and expert direction, New York Post. Bruce Willis makes all the right moves, San Francisco Examiner, as the man with the perfect bank-robbing plan and two imperfect partners in this terrific film that's as much fun as you'll have at the movies all year box tv <laughs> bursting out of prison joe and terry are on the run and out of money that changes when they devise a scheme to place bank managers under house arrest the night before they rob their banks but success as the infamous sleepover bandits isn't the only change in store for them as they soon cross state lines and federal laws they meet kate blanchett a sexy, eccentric housewife whose indecision as to which of the two bandits she wants could spoil their partnership for good. Wow. Terrific. Yeah. It kind of takes a 90 degree turn about uh, two thirds of the way through when it becomes like a love triangle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I just don't. I never believed the love triangle. I, I think that was the biggest crux for me. Yeah,
0: I never, and nobody, which is interesting because all, you know, three of the main leads are very, they're all great actors Yeah, and that, well, they can be. And in this one, it just, yeah, it, there was, there was, n- there was no zap between them. You wouldn't, you didn't even really believe the bank robbers would ever hang out together either. And you never find out why, I don't know why either of them were even in prison. Like we don't know anything <laughs> about these people. It's crazy. No
3: there's so much of this movie that is contrary to how the real world works it almost feels like a dream like I was waiting for someone to wake up at the end of the movie and being like the whole thing was a dream
0: well when they the, when they carjack this lady after um driving the cement truck through the backyards they they the, they're in the, like this little suburban area and this lady drives by and Bruce Willis isn't threatening or whatever but she's like excuse me ma'am we're just gonna have to take your car and she's like she's totally cool with it until like they drive off and, I'm like the prison escape was so easy. They just easily. And then they they go into the after the police chase and they end up in this house hiding in this house that um, a teenage girl and boy are in. And like the teenage boy and girl are relatively cool with the fact that these two escaped prisoners are now holding them hostage (laughs) that the prisoners can go outside to talk about their plan. And the teenagers are just like hanging out on the couch and not escaping. (laughs) They have nothing no, else to do. Yeah. So it, a lot of that and I'm, yeah, it was just, there was no tooth to, to any of this. Um, <laughs> where are we? So do, do, do.
3: Mark, did you happen to figure out whether the, the real bank robbers, did, did their hijinks really take place in Oregon?
1: Yeah. In, uh. One actually in Vancouver, Washington, uh, just just north of us at uh, old uh, uh, the first independent bank that we used to bank at. And so uh, in <laughs> Washington, Oregon, California, and apparently there was one in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so the sleepover the sleepover <clears throat> bandits, their whole thing is they show up at the bank manager's house the night before. And they sleep over at the house, you know, they kidnap whoever's in the house, and then the first thing in the morning they go rob the bank. What I couldn't figure out is why not just rob the bank in the middle of the night? Or like why did it have to be in the morning when employees were there? So they're
1: controlling the environment was the whole uh message. Right. And and so what they wanted was they didn't want to deal with the alarms which you would have to deal with at night okay time locked vaults remember uh, oh, like right. that first one he's like what time does the vault open 7:30 uh and so they didn't want to deal with any of the logistics they didn't want any uh of uh, customers there and as few staff as possible and it, so they they're just trying to control the environment okay. and so that's mm-hmm. if we take the manager and then uh force the manager to do our bidding right uh, then it wouldn't is, yeah it wouldn't so any appa- alarms yeah so apparently they didn't use guns uh they uh uh bruce uh the uh joe character did use a highlighter once as uh, a weapon, uh, but not in the in the same scenario. But they they took that from another okay. another instance. Uh, yeah. So
0: it's if like, they didn't have guns, how would they hold the people hostage overnight? They'd just do the finger in the pocket thing. <clears> throat> and throat> I, don't, I don't know. And can you be? Can you be? Uh, Convicted of menacing or wielding Absolutely. a weapon, even though you don't have one. Yeah. I'm, okay. I, I believe
2: you. S- yeah. Because it's still threatening with intent whether you have the weapon or totally. not. Okay. Yeah, if I believe you have a
1: weapon, then uh, that's okay the fear of my life. But and it's uh, funny. Yeah. Go
2: ahead. Let's say all those bank scenes in Oregon City were actually filmed at night.
1: Uh Oh, interesting.
2: Uh, They brought in massive lights to recreate like the morning sun and the midday sun. Oh, wow. Um, I got to go down there once. Those lights are amazing. But I remember not many people live in downtown Oregon City, (laughs) but those that do were not. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. I think in the little featurette that we watched, the Nick Cove bar scenes were filmed during the day. And so they put film on the windows to make the outside look so uh, Yeah, that very yeah. last
0: scene, what that that was interesting too because that that did that did trick me. Uh but well let's the talk about what
1: the last scene? Yeah.
0: The at the, the bar at the very end or whatever where he has lactose intolerant and falls on the floor like, and, then yeah. they and, then, the and they tackle each other through the window. they
1: tackle each other through the window and the bartender
0: He's totally cool. He's just serving up his warm milk, waiting for the day to end.
1: (laughs) Never approaches them. Never. They just all walk away from the broken window. She's in her
0: bathrobe and a nightgown. (laughs) He's falling on the floor and he's polishing his glasses.
1: Just another day at the Cove
0: Inn or wherever they're Nick's at. Cove. <laughs> Which so,
1: if you go to their website, they promote the fact that it was filmed there. Oh, this and is so a, it's this a is real a, place. A Kenton
0: Club situation, <laughs> then. Oh wow. I'll have to put that.
1: <laughs> you go there, they have a little shrine in the back room. You can rent mm-hmm. uh, yeah, They have uh copies available at the desk, so if you stay there, uh they <laughs> will give you a copy to watch in the in the room.
2: I got rid True of
0: story. three of my five VHS copies of this as i'm (laughs) packing up my stuff to move so
2: i have never owned this movie (laughs) Uh, i watched it one time years ago like streaming like when it first showed up on netflix and i haven't watched it since yeah
0: and i had never i had never seen it just because its reputation was that was it wasn't good and i think ultimately it was disappointing because it wasn't Terrible either. I mean, everybody's doing as competent of a job as they can, which makes it completely uninteresting in that way, too. It's very yeah. m- middle of the road.
2: Nick. Yeah, it's just the thing that bugs me about it is it's just wasting at the time three very talented actors. <laughs> and they're just, yeah. and it, the whole movie's just eh. Like, if it was unbelievably awful, it would be more entertaining, but it's not, but it's not good either. It's yeah, like, that's right. Movie.
0: I mean, it's not even a Hudson Hawk, speaking of uh, Bruce Willis, where, like, at least that's right. a very interesting. Uh, box office failure, <laughs> at least. Um, yeah. And it, Kate Blanchett is the next thing she does. The Lord of the Rings.
2: I think Lord of the Rings kicks off. Yeah.
0: Because if this is 2000, that started um, filming in 2000, 2001, didn't it?
2: Yeah, I kind of kind of remember her Kate talking about to it. Someone. Okay. She was probably in the middle of doing stuff. I will say, Kate Blanchett is the nicest person celebrity I have ever met. Oh wow, oh. nice.
0: Did you meet her on this, yeah. or did you meet her a different time?
2: No, on set. So something I didn't realize it blew my mind, and I don't know if this is industry standard. So when you hear like you know Bruce Willis gets twenty million dollars for a movie, whatever. Um, and again, I don't know if this is just this movie or just MGM or how it's handled, but it's not like they just direct deposited twenty million into his bank. Like they break up how many weeks of filming, and they physically hand him a check every Friday. Wow. <laughs> everyone is paid on Fridays.
0: That's wild. Uh, that makes sense. So
2: their checks and their fat wallets of their per diem money. <laughs> so wow. I'm going to, sometimes when I would like, hey, can I do the check drops, you know, and I'd go with the Nicole. Yeah, you can come this time, Aaron, or whatever. And yeah, we'd go around like you have the check and you have the wallet, like not wallet, like literally plain white envelope with cash. Just <laughs> knock on their doors and. and here's your one. Like, Bruce, million. Listen. Bruce Willis and Billy Bob always had an assistant open their doors, but sometimes it was Kate Blanchett and she's like, Hello. Oh, thank She was super nice. That's great. She'd say, like, you know, how's your job going? Are you having a good time? You know? I was like, Great, cool. great, great Miss Blanchett. She's like, Call me. And she literally said, Call me Kate. And I was like, okay, Kate.
1: Wow. <laughs> that's neat to see. My husband will yeah. be very happy to hear that. <laughs> he he is also mediocre about this movie, but he has your, husband, watches your it. husband Nick. Yeah, my yeah, husband yeah. Nick. He he uh uh, watches it multiple times, not because it's a great movie, but because of Kate Blanchett. Oh, funny! <laughs> I will say that
0: uh, that I, she is the best of the of the of the three leads, I think. And mm-hmm. she even at she's the only one that kind of has an interesting story to her. Yeah. We know she's a bored housewife. We there's a great scene in this beautiful house that like I was like, is this just at the spaghetti factory? Because it's like right on the river <laughs> somewhere. So. I'll have to figure out where that where that is Um,
1: amazing.
3: I was watching that scene thinking, oh, this will be a good project for Todd.
0: Yeah. To try to find that house that is (laughs) that is on my on my list. But yeah. And she's making this like really fancy meal and kind of dancing around and and clearly preparing it for two for her husband to come home. And her her husband comes home and is like, whatever. Bye bye. See ya," And like does something else. Dinner with the boys. Oh, yeah. yeah, and And then he goes, why don't you go to the movies to her? Um, so she's a bored housewife and is you know, neglected in her relationship, or whatever. So we get her backstory, and she encounters the two robbers. Oh, because Billy Bob is freaking out and running down NATO Parkway, right. and Kate Blanchett hits him with a car. Yeah, and so Billy Bob gets in and they speed all around from OHSU to the waterfront. To, to, uh, oh, all. that's the
2: shot where the Broadway Bridge connects right to Lloyd Center. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's
0: the one.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we've seen uh Lloyd Center in a movie yet. Uh so that was neat. Yeah. I well, I, think so. I must
0: have missed that uh, Lloyd Center or maybe well, I, I mean, they
2: they, d- they drive by it. Oh, they drive yeah. by it. Yeah, I was They're maybe just, I like,
0: was in my head, I was still oriented, I guess, by the Broadway Bridge. But so they drive around for quite a while and um, end up at the little lake camp resort place that they were that Bruce and Billy Bob were meeting up after they robbed the bank. So Kate Blanchett shows right. up there and kind of talks her way into being able to spend the night with them, and you know clearly is kind of wanting to go on an adventure uh, herself.
1: Can we do a 20-minute supercut of every character that is ever driven across the Broadway bridge. Oh, uh, that would be great because they always take 20. Like it's, it's always like this super extended five mile long bridge. And uh, like, it's from all angles the, and, and the Fox Angelina Fire. Jolie
0: is standing up on the top with no harness on somehow. <laughs> this beautiful helicopter shot.
3: The, my According
1: favorite to
0: what's uh, that?
3: Ahead, I was Ryan. gonna say according to Hollywood, the only two bridges that we have in Portland are the Broadway, uh, Broadway Bridge and uh Hawthorne Bridge. Exactly. And I was gonna say
0: my favorite yeah. was the Hawthorne. It was the um the Lori Laughlin, <laughs> um oh. Bruce Campbell uh oh well, speaking of that, that was a robbery, a bank robbery uh movie too. And they drive over the Hawthorne Bridge for, like, for an the hour. whole first act of the movie. <laughs> well, they are driving on that bridge. That,
2: and there's actually a third movie. The Hunted used the Hawthorne Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. With, with a, the, with the they max. max? They put yep. a Max car on it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I did some work on that one, too. That one was interesting. Was oh, fun. I
0: remember that. That yeah. I think I think between the—if you ask kind of most Portlanders— what movies do you remember being filmed here? They'll probably say free willies. They'll try to say the Goonies because that's a story, but they will remember the hunted. And I think bandits, I think these are kind and, of the biggest profile. And then. what the bleep. Oh, and what the, and, and if they're friends <laughs> of Mark, yeah. it's what the bleep do we know? <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, it's interesting that this movie, I mean, it just must've been such, I mean, all, like you said, all these actors are huge at the time. And so it must have been a really, really big deal to have this, this coming oh, to yeah. town. town. Um, I did love there's, there's a scene. Um, I did like every time they stayed over the overnight at one of the bank manager's houses. I liked those scenes. The first one they, they break <laughs> in and it's this family, a mom and dad and, and two girls And they force everyone to kind of sit down and have like a normal dinner together or whatever. And the wife is just weeping and crying and trying to hold herself together. And it's so wonderful. And that's when Billy Bob talks to her about like, oh, what is, I'm tasting something in here. Is it, is it saffron? And she's like, yeah, yes. Nobody's ever noticed before. And she's like crying. And then Billy Bob is like, oh, you should add some like whatever to cut down the acidity. And she's like, I'll try that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's so great. That's the scene with Bruce Willis's uh, two daughters in it. Uh, Tallul- <laughs> Tallulah and the other one. Ru- Is it rumor that's in this? Rumor, rumor Willis was? in it, yeah. yeah. So they are in it with the real life burp as that behind the scenes yep. uh, right. featurette. And I also thought um, there was, there was another, they kidnapped another, one of the other people,
1: the the guy with narcolepsy the guy with that he was richard real who was a character actor
0: he's he's in uh, office space of the jump to conclusions guy his name is richard ryle and the wife i didn't look up her name but his wife in that scene who is just this like doing a a a bland boring midwestern is so funny both of them together in that in that scene that's so wonderful
1: it's so apparently the real life bandits uh, would uh, each house that they went to, they had a different persona. And so sometimes they came as like uh, a vacuum cleaner salesman. Okay. Uh, One was (laughs) they, uh, the, the bank manager was actually selling his car and they came to look at the car to buy and then, uh, you know, kidnapped him. Uh, And so uh, multiple uh, uh jehovah's witnesses that oh, came as funny. yeah and <laughs> i did notice
0: they had different costumes every time but one of my big questions was cuz like when the bank managers would open their door and billy bob and and bruce wills would be like you know you're we're, ha- we're kidnapping you or whatever they say all of the bank managers were like, oh, they like knew who they were because it was a high profile case. And I'm like, so these bank managers know enough, like who these bank robbers are, yet they're still like just answering their door to strangers at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> right. like, without, a,
1: without a gun. and Yeah.
0: Gun. And they, and yeah, everybody knows they're unarmed. It's like, that it was very strange, but it makes more sense than if they're like doing more of a character and yeah. working their way in, as opposed just to like, cause all of them, you just see them march up to the front door and knock, knock, knock. And then we're robbing your bank. Uh, yeah. Uh, cascade house in, um, the gorge is also in this, the, um, Vista, Vista house, sorry. Oh, Vista house.
2: house yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Is in that, which was a, a pretty nice little scene. They're all talking up there. Uh, any other, and then they kind of move out of Portland. They, they,
3: can you explain the audio clip that you used in the intro? Ah, yes. Oh yes. That's, that best,
0: is um, best line ever. And so that when they go to the campground, uh, right when Kate Blanchett talks her way into uh, spending the night over the, in the campground with them, uh, Kate Blanchett and Bruce Willis are in the same bed, but they have like one of the 1950s movie, movie tropes where there's like a curtain hanging in between them. So they have their privacy or whatever. And then Billy Bob is out on the couch and he's kind of listening to Kate and Bruce Willis talk, chat a little in the bedroom, and kind of making his own comments to himself. And then he just pauses, and just goes, "Beavers and ducks," and then that's it. <laughs>
3: so I, I was waiting for the explanation there, and, and then they just move
2: on. Yeah. Oh yeah, don't wait. Uh, I I did some quick digging. I could be wrong, but this looks familiar. I think. The campground scenes in the cabin were filmed at a place called Camp Dakota okay. in Oregon. Okay. Uh, as I'm going on their site and they don't mention it, but I'm looking at like some images and this is an odd thing, it looks like their offices was what they might have used for the actual cabin.
0: Oh, okay. And
2: the other odd thing that I recognize is the is like like the carport like design of the archery lanes that they use at the camp those look a lot like where they set up craft services. Like I distinctly remember eating in the archery lane. So it oh, might've been, it might've been Camp Dakota where they did it. Okay. Nice. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um,
0: <laughs> a while Bruce Willis and, and um, Kate Blanchett are in that bed in the cabin that first night they kind of, Bruce Willis is reading a book or whatever and trying to figure out he's often reading The Art of War by Sun Tzu in this movie and like quotes <laughs> Zen stuff, which um, all right. Um <laughs> but then they bond over total eclipse of the heart. Like Bruce Willis says one line and Kate says another one and Bruce Willis says another one and Kate goes, I can't believe you know this song. This and I'm song, like, like yeah. everyone Who knows it. Who doesn't this know this song? song? Everyone knows it. <laughs> Wormed like, into your ear every time I, I, you listen to the radio. I Can't believe it. <laughs> uh that was funny. Um let's see, what else do we have? What'd There's,
1: you th- what'd you think of Harvey? The the co the the
0: Oh the driver yeah, so guy. Yes at, at the yeah. campground they meet up or not at the campground, I guess, somewhere else they meet up with Bruce Willis's cousin, nephew? friend, nephew, something or other, and he yeah. becomes their getaway
1: driver. Yeah. Uh, played by Troy Garrity, who okay. is also Jane Fonda's son, apparently. Oh wow, yeah. really? Uh, and um, I, I feel like he stole every scene he was in. <laughs> like not just because he was cute to me, but uh-huh. but like genuinely like good actor, he was, yeah. good energy, like. He was more interesting. Than- he did
0: have a lightness and an energy that the other two kind of didn't um, yeah. to this whole thing. So he was the getaway driver and kind of throughout the movie, he every time they rob a bank and he's parked there waiting, he <laughs> sees this cute girl like hitchhiking kind of her way across the country or whatever. And they kind of keep meeting up. And then at the end or towards the end, he ends up picking her up. That's January Jones as the hitchhiker. And uh, picks her up and then they kind of live together in Southern California or whatever, that last bank yeah. that they, so that last bank that they show up in well, I guess we're not to the end yet. We're not to the end. We're not to the end. <laughs> um, they were briefly in Astoria at a, a hotel, I think right at the base of the bridge. Um, oh. it looked like that's where he's wearing his like ostrich covered boots or whatever. The driver guys. Like, oh yeah. Cause yeah, he's like, keep a co- uh, right. low profile low pro- and he <laughs> buys all this like insane Western gear and like alligator boots. And so Silver that was pretty fun. Everything and tassels. Yeah. tassels. <laughs> I did get a, uh-oh. uh Oh, we're having a buzz. Oh, there it is. That's, that's so, you. That was me. Oh, oh. still
3: is. Todd, you're on mute.
0: siblings, or Um, Nope. My motor, my you know, the nope. wire to my microphone is buzzing. Um,
3: um, oh, they do car, yeah. Uh, her car had this is 2000, I, I'm assuming it was filmed in 2000. Uh, yeah, and her car had a GPS, like that's pretty, uh, very progressive, um, yeah. Uh, And then I think um, uh, Billy Bob makes a comment like, what is that talking to us? He
0: keeps saying, are these voices just in my head? Are these voices (laughs) just in my head? So like, again, like it, which is kind of a a funny moment because he's kind of a, um, uh, what do you call the people who always think they're sick? hypochondriac. hypochondriac. Uh, so he's always like my pupils are too big or my, this is happening or I'm having a heart attack or my left arm hurts. Like that's his character throughout the entirety of the movie. So when, after he gets hit by the car, well, I guess he did just get hit by a car. So I can give him a little, (laughs) a little leeway, but I just thought it was funny that he kept asking, is that in my head? But I guess that makes sense. That GPS was perhaps a newer thing back then, (laughs) but it's like, come on. But then like, he's super competent in other areas.
2: There are times I actually felt really bad for Billy Bob Thornton because even though he like got better and wasn't contagious, that dude was miserable the entire shoot. Oh, man, oh, he wow.
0: did look uh, like, very peaked in a lot of the shots.
2: Yeah, he was. I mean, he was kind of a trooper. He was miserable the entire time. Only time he had fun is when he was hanging out with his hillbilly uncles <laughs> on the set. Um,
0: <laughs> Were those local to around here? Or does he travel with his? No, no. Uh, he brought
2: some. Of, he brought some of his family on board because they're truck drivers. Oh, funny! So they did some of the they did some of the driving, but at the time he was also trying to develop a barbecue sauce like Billy Bob's <laughs> barbecue. Yeah, so like his like his family are like they're grilling barbecue when no one's filming, and he just go and like literally I'd go by his his trailer, and there's like those cheap folding chairs and like a barrel like a drum barrel, <laughs> and they're just barbecuing, trying out Billy Bob's sauce. It was really weird.
0: <laughs> oh my god, man!
3: I uh, um, that reminds me uh, I have a Billy Bob connection uh, that that ties into the bins, Todd. Okay. Um, I I found a I'm listening uh, autographed uh, CD uh, in the bins.
0: Whoa, a CD of his own music?
3: Yes, yeah, he's a musician as
2: well.
0: Oh wow, of course he is. And it's well,
2: so is Bruce, you know. Oh, that's right. I that
0: that was my other intro. It's going to be it's the return of Bruno. I thought maybe that was too deep a back of a cut for her, <laughs> so many people. Um,
2: Dude, I have I have the album. Do you? I have it on cassette somewhere. <laughs> I have somewhere. The, I, ha- I found the album of The Return of Bruno for like a buck. I was like, "Well, this is coming home with me." That's amazing. That's amazing.
0: I only had the cassette insert though. I don't actually have the tape. So I don't I don't know why I have that. Um so they they are now traveling kind of as a four, as a group of four. There's uh, Billy Bob and Bruce and Kate Blanchett, and then their driver guy, Harvey. Harvey. Um, they're driving down the road, and one of them and getting a car accident. And I didn't know if this was part of the real story too, because as of now, Kate Blanchett's character is just considered missing uh, because she's left. Uh, she just disappeared from her home with them. Um, but they get in this wreck on the road and there happens to be, this is why I thought this must be true because this is like the back roads of Oregon and there's a guy standing on the back of a car with like a big camcorder recording like a music video or something like yeah. just yeah. in the woods. And so I was like, this is too <laughs> insane for this to be, but I guess if there's no Kate Blanchett in real life,
1: right then this yeah, didn't I'd, exist. I don't think that scene. So yeah, there's the accident
0: you. and the kid who's taping it goes over to tape the accident and sees Kate Blanchett running around that gets on the news. Right. And then they, so she gets tied. They
1: needed. Yeah. They needed a way to worm her into the story. Uh, right. The, the, the public story. Right. And, and so they the, were robbing that one bank.
0: Maybe it was the Oregon city one and they were in there and there is this great set. Um, decoration of these mini blind type things like the long yeah. levelure, or I don't know what they're called. That's what yeah. they called them in that documentary or whatever. And each slat there's like 500 slats. Cause it's a giant window when they're all laying flat, it looks like a dollar bill. And then when you flip them around, it's the other side of the dollar,
1: but they did that as some sort of signal. I missed what that meant. So, I, I think what the implication was and i'm i've never worked in a bank but um there's an all clear signal they kept on talking about the all clear signal multiple times through the oh. movie of like well you've got uh like there was the cop that came to the the, the drive in drive the, through yeah um yeah. the other one and, and oh, oh, oh right, he came to the door and it's like hey, Margaret, I, I didn't see the all-clear. You know, like, you always forget it. Is, is it okay? okay. You know? And so there's a there's a signal that's given, you know, uh, to law enforcement or security or or something okay. that says, yeah, everything's fine. Right, uh, right. And their signal was to see George Washington. And then, ironically, they moved George Washington to the inside <laughs> so that he wouldn't be shown to the outside. So I think that... That was wrong, but, uh, right. yeah, but whatever. okay.
0: Yeah. I just thought that was a really cool, the blinds, thing <laughs> with the yeah, giant the dollar dollar on bill, bill. Super cool. cool. Uh, during that car wreck is another place where they just put the matrix, like that acid <laughs> acid house matrix music into it, which is very strange. But, um, then yeah, that's when I wrote down, this is a thruple movie because both Bruce Willis and Billy Bob are kind of falling in love with Kate as they're having their adventures together and um going back and forth and they all have a discussion where kate's like well i can't choose or whatever and they all seem kind of like cool with it i was like well that's fairly progressive (laughs) for the year 2000 i
2: mean yeah i felt like that was like the weird kind of like standout of like yeah you could you could do that movie now and you would still get people being like what especially like especially the way our country's wired if it was two two women and a guy it would definitely be like, oh yeah, that's totally normal. But like, you <laughs> right. know, f- doing the gender flip in 2000 was a really big deal. Yeah, that then no one talked about. Yeah, none I would. None. I like would. No one. No one brought that part up.
0: That's kind of what I was shocked about because you'd think of all the things. Like it wasn't it. Uh, people talk about this movie and know it's not very successful, but you'd think that would be the one thing to escape from it. Is like, no, no, no. They were like just a threesome, and they were yeah. like that's what they decided they wanted to do. So, yeah,
2: I I remember there was an, uh, they they filmed the scene but didn't use it where they're all, they're watching their wedding on TV. Oh, wow. And she's holding both of their hands and she's pregnant. And that's where the camera starts to pull back. That's where it fades (laughs) to black from there. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm.
0: So I thought maybe just some of it, not what, and I guess they did knock it back because I was like, maybe I'm just looking at it through. 2021 eyes but then she's like I don't want to choose either of you because together you're the perfect man let us go off together <laughs> I, was like, I guess that's blatant
1: yeah. Tell you, well Barry, <laughs> Barry Levinson said in this little featurette that he uh, only would join the movie if he could make it a rom-com and so the original concept <laughs> was not a rom-com. It was not a uh, a romantic. Okay. And and he literally said, and from his, you know, <laughs> his lips to God's from ears. his lips on this documentary, he said, "I would only join if if we could make it a rom-com."
0: Wow, a,
1: that makes it, so much sense. It, it does. It's very well. That, cha- that changes forced. everything.
0: <laughs> Weird! Yeah. What a weird thing to shoehorn in, and what a weird solution to make of it. Because it's maybe it's it was like supposed they...
2: to be an action movie,
0: <laughs> and then they forgot the action.
2: Which I don't see it how it works as a good action movie though either. Because <laughs> the whole point of basing it on these two are cru- these two thieves is that they didn't want to hurt anyone. They didn't want to kill. Totally. Like, how do you? It's like an action <laughs> no. Gandhi
0: movie. Only Weird Al can do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, who does anyone want to talk about? Bruce Willis's hair piece? <laughs> Just no, <as> to... <laughs> Dad, not at all.
2: Which one? <laughs> that was an ongoing joke on. Uh, so, they're off op- This is kind of cool. The offices, the production offices, were in. It's gone now, but they're in the old damaged state hospital where they filmed one flu of the cuckoo's nest. Uh-huh. Okay. Which is a creepy place all by itself, by the way. Because when they closed that hospital, it's like they didn't take anything with them. So you'd see like pencils that were someone was filling out a form with Oh, that's right. We're closed now. Bye. Um, so like accounting was there. Uh, makeup like the main like they had to go to set to do stuff. But like the main offices for every branch was there. So like special effects, makeup hmm. and all that stuff. So yeah, I'd get to see like, the various Bruce Willis hair. Um, you know, the different things they'd put on them and stuff like that. Um,
0: this was before he yeah. must have been just right before he just decided to shave his head forever.
2: Yeah, it was right before he decided like screw it and shave because he had he had enough.
0: fake yeah. hair in in sixth sense too, which would have been the year before this
1: on yeah. uh, on the bandits press junket. <laughs> He had a shaved head.
0: Oh, did he? Maybe he was like, I look ridiculous. Because, yeah, it's kind of a longer ponytail thing. But the ponytail is only maybe like two or three inches long. So it's like an awkward length. And it's all. Yeah. The dailies did it for him. (laughs) It's
1: like, okay, we're done.
0: I mean, it makes sense because there's a lot of other bad wigs and bad disguises. But that's purposeful because they're trying to disguise who, you know, disguise who they are as they're robbing banks. But um, yeah. So at the, at the very end, they, uh, the Richard, the Richard real guy, the narcoleptic and the Midwest wife who are just fantastic. They go to the bank the next morning. And is that the one that won't cooperate with them? One of the last bank robbers is the lady that works there is like. They bring her into the vault and she's like, no, we all know that you don't have guns and you're not violent. So I'm just not going to do it. And they're dealing with that. And that's when that cop comes right. in and says, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm checking on things. And so Kate and and Bruce and Billy Bob pretend to be tellers for the police officer that has come in. Right. If the lady yeah. in the bank has already decided not to cooperate, why is she just
1: not? being like oh police officer here they are she just wants the celebrity of the experience like she's met these stars he she's letting them do their thing but she doesn't want any of the negative side of things she doesn't want to shoot out she doesn't want to give over the money (laughs) she just wants you know she's like oh you're here come in hey hey bob we're getting robbed you know like she was all about the yeah. celebrity of the experience, okay, and didn't yeah. want any of the negative side of it. That's that's what I got.
0: Out of you, that. yeah, you got a lot out of her. She, she, <laughs> you got she her character bio. <laughs> she
3: she was the uh, lunch lady in Freaks and Geeks.
0: Oh, oh was yeah. she oh i didn't notice that that's a that's a deep pull i don't even remember <laughs> yeah. a lunch lady from freaks and geeks
2: oh and i've got to make one correction because if someone gets back to me i'll never hear the air end of it okay it was it was scout and Tallulah willis not rumor and Tallulah. okay uh, okay okay i did I, I know it's a really dumb thing to clear up no nope, like, no nope, that's good yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a note from Bruce. And then, himself. Oh,
2: that scene,
3: that scene leads to, uh, we get the, um, Billy Bob waxing poetic on vaginitis to the police.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. That was pretty funny. That's right. There were, there were a couple of the LOL moments in this movie yeah. that it's like, not, like <laughs> I said, it's not bad enough that it, it's just a lot of nothing. And I think uh, like Aaron said, a lot of rewritten, that's what it feels like. It's like, we're making this yeah. on the go and whatever the story is today, that's what we're doing. Um, until I tell a cop. Yeah. So I'm
3: curious, Mark, you, you watched this uh, with Nick, right? Yep. Uh, had Nick seen it before?
1: Nick had seen it like five times before.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was Kate curious Blanchett to get too, his it? like reaction to the actual movie. But yeah, uh, seen and it
1: before. and he he said multiple times, he's like, "This isn't one of my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of middle of the road for me, but I love Kate Blanchett." <laughs> <laughs>
0: So then we get to the very end of the movie, which is where it all began in the first scene, where they are in an active robbery, and but things are going badly. Like, we've seen them do the robberies all through the movie now, and things go well, and they get in and out, and there's some scuffles and stuff like that for the most part. But now they're in a situation where they're at this last bank they're going to do this this last hit kate blanchett has left the group uh, because she can't decide and so she is pe- paired off the driver kid has paired off with january jones to go do what i forget when they were doing something weird She's, in their apartment he's going to
1: be a stuntman and so he's oh that's right being a the one man.
0: thing that we know about this guy is that he wants to build a fire a fire suit that's lasted longer than any anything else in Hollywood history whatever. And he <laughs> keeps mentioning fire, 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 fire. We have Chekhov's fire suit. Um, so they're in this robbery at the end. They're arguing back and forth. They end up starting, they end up shooting each other and both of them are laid out. Both of them. It appears that they have now murdered each other. Then we see kind of the outside, machinations of what's really going on, and that is the driver in January Jones are posing as ambulance drivers, who the... Kate Blanchette is also there. She has gone to the police kind of to make an alibi thing of, I was here now because the police want to know if she's involved. So she's outside making a scene through all of this. The two fake ambulance drivers take Billy Bob and Bruce's body out, and we realize the whole time that it's squibs that went off. They make their escape just like quick change. Have you guys ever seen quick change with Bill Murray? One of the yeah. most underrated and never talked about Bill Murray films. That is amazing. I love that movie. with Gina Davis and Dennis Quaid. Go check it out. Will you? Huh. Um, but they escape
3: that and of uh, the man who knew too little.
0: Oh, you know, and I've never seen that one.
3: Underrated Bill Murray.
0: But so they take the fake ambulance drivers, take them and the money out and then they all escape. Um, and, um, we oh and then the the amulus is escaping it fakes a crash it explodes and then we see via the news that you know their bodies we'll were see never him recovered his fire suit. we finally see him in the fire suit but <laughs> the way that they set that up the fire suit is what should have saved them in the bank not squibs we've never heard about squibs before like he should have been working well, on squibs the whole time <laughs> The fire was just like this momentary (laughs) distraction after the crash. And it's like, if he wasn't on fire, it would like have changed nothing. Like, I was so angry that the fire suit did not save the day. (laughs) Maybe that was a rewrite.
3: Uh,
0: They got new pages that day. I'm sure it was. The fire suit is out. We don't have time. We have money. That
3: was was one of my favorite uh, scenes in the movie when they pull up to the cabin uh, and and Kate Blanchett sees uh, uh, him pop out on fire and and Billy Bob's just like, oh, just ignore him. Yeah, don't
0: ask. (laughs) That was pretty funny, too. And then they escape. I forget what their escape. Oh, we don't see where they escape to, do they? Because the movie ends with them talking to the TV interview guy again.
1: Well, they they go to to Mexico. Mexico. To to Mm -hmm. the... Paradise, Par- Paradiso yeah. de Mexico. Do they just
0: head down there or do we see them there? Now I can't remember. There's
1: a momentary flyover of a jungly area oh, just right, like right, right. For, okay. for three seconds. But yeah,
2: that's okay. all we get. I do
0: remember that. So they do. Everyone gets away with it. If, I did think that last little <clears throat> section was very satisfying the way that they did it because the audi- we as the audience didn't know that he was squibbed up or whatever.
1: i, I <laughs> seen those three together, even in Mexico, you're like, They've been on so much TV everywhere. <laughs> why are they possibly like out in a group <laughs> in
2: public? You know, I do yeah. how like so many people just assume like Mexico won't like extradite extra <laughs> <day. laughs> so, Totally. Right. You can just Especially show up there. No reward one, for them.
0: No one will ever ask questions. You can just as Ooh. a clearly a foreigner, you could just show up there. No questions asked. Um, and in the end, we get at one hour and 37 minutes in, we get the one character background piece about Bruce Willis as an offhanded joke of some sort. And then that is the end. <laughs> so, yeah, sadly, not a successful movie. And I guess. No. Yeah.
1: I, I thought that the, the cinematography was great. I, I thought there was so many really outdoor visual scenes. Yeah. It was, you know, it was very much, uh, like in person. Yeah. Kind of, Even that kind little car field.
0: chase through Silverton where there was like yeah. the one guy firing through the back window and they were escaping and that was, that was pretty well done. And yeah, everywhere, everything was competent, but ultimately i guess they just forgot to put eggs in the cake and it didn't raise
2: it's just a broken script kind of thing like it just there's too many changes to it
0: yeah and it sounds like i guess it does put into a lot of perspective kind of where bruce Willis was at that time makes total sense and if he's changing parts and if the script is changing there's just no place as an actor you can rest yourself in a character that is not the same and so, right. but kind of a bummer. But it it was certainly was not as bad or catastrophic as like I had kind of gathered just by hearing bandits And at the, at the time, it, I think it was a pretty high profile flop because it sounds like they did spend a lot of money on it. So
2: it was a big deal, and it was it was like MGM's tentpole movie. Oh, like they wow. put a lot on it. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it yeah, had.
2: Because again, I, I worked in accounting. I remember being told that it initially had a fifty million dollar budget, and I think in the end it topped out at about seventy five million. To wow, it, like, ridiculous!
0: Wow, wow. So are there yeah. are there any other other things that you remember from your experience there that that uh, you would like that to I can share? say? Yeah, <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> there are a few things that happened that I are completely actionable, no matter how true they are. Okay. Um, <laughs> It did give me like a weird insight into just like how much money is spent on things you wouldn't think about it. Like think about every single Bruce Willis movie you have ever seen. How many times is he just in a plain white T-shirt so they can get all bloody or muddy or sweaty? So those are custom made for him. And they ship a certain amount every week because I got to see the invoices. They're like custom at the time, this one. They were custom fitted Calvin Klein's at about a hundred bucks a pop. Wow. Now, <laughs> are these on screen ones or them. just
0: the ones that he wore on his own? Like, wh- are these I, I don't wardrobe? Know. Usually
2: it's on screen, but okay. I think he just, he just, he just has wants... that white undershirt all the time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they were always sending him because I, I remember asking my boss, I'm like, why don't they wash him She's like, I don't know. He's this not going to wear like
0: them He He's Bruce Willis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. No. So yeah, it was like, like bizarre stuff like wow. that. You know, to learn about, like, what movies do and, like, the deals that have to be cut and all this kind of stuff.
0: So to, how to old how old were you at the time?
2: Uh, like so if it was 2000 18? when we did it, I would have been – because I don't know if I mentioned this before the show or not. It was the the Gore v. Bush uh, recount was happening in the Supreme Court while we were filming.
0: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's a time uh, capsule. So,
2: yeah, so that kind of lets you know. So I would have been – uh, 24 oh, okay. I think at the time okay.
0: But how fascinating I've never, I mean I've done, I was on Portlandia and I've That's the extent of my seeing Kind of real productions And I can't imagine what a Gigantic, large scale Tentpole, big star Production is Like
2: Yeah, it was huge, like the amount of money Spent Um <laughs> Like, I remember my first day there, I was given this black, I think it was either a MasterCard or an American Express that just said uh, MGM Pictures and, like, didn't require a signature. And, like, I was handed that card. They're like, because part of my job was to keep all the office supplies stacked. And I'll never forget this. Like, she slid one door open, had all these office supplies. And she's like, if I ever come in here looking for something and it's not here because we ran out, you're fired. (laughs) <laughs> She's like, don't run any purchase past me. If you think we're running out, order it. Then she slid to the doors, all the other side of the closet, stacked with like mid-range to high-end booze. <laughs> she said, if anyone ever comes here and finds something missing or we're out because you didn't get more, you're fired. Wow. Um, like, but everything had to have a receipt. Like I did a lunch run one time at like a friggin' Arby's and they forgot to put the receipt in the bag. And she's like, you either go back or get it or this was your last day. Wow. And I was like, it's $12 worth of like barbecue sandwiches for like the accounting office. She says, I don't care. Wow. Everything is documented. So I like, I went back to that poor Arby's and like walked in and said, I need the receipt. I did the drive through like 63 minutes ago and they're like we can't do that and i said you know what i know you can't give me your manager i want you to run all of your sales up to right now and i will find it and just cut that out and i did you know wow Um, amazing well and so a lot of stuff like that
0: it must be i mean insane what they how they keep track of that because i was share i shared earlier this week in in a group chat where um this guy who was the stunt double for kid in kid and Play's house party. Wow. And he just got, I mean, it was only like $2 or whatever, but he just got some residuals for that as a stand in and stunt dance stunt man for kid. <laughs> and I'm like, there is some accounting software yep. setup or something that I mean, all of these people that have mm-hmm. to be, compensated two cents here and eight cents here. And it's so fascinating.
2: Yeah. So yeah, they keep track of like everything. Um. There's like, and it's like, just like weird stuff that would happen. Like since Bruce and Demi's kids were there, she was the one who like brought them, like she flew in. And it's just, I remember forget it's like, I'm carrying these stack of like these receipts. And I hear this woman say, you know, kids look out and bam, I get knocked over. And like all these scripts go flying and I'm just, and I'm I'm like, oh, and I'm scrambling to get it. And I hear again, I hear this woman saying, go help him. Like you weren't paying attention, please help him. And I'm, first off, I'm going to, like, I want to be angry about it, be all <laughs> rough about it. But then I look up and I realize that like Demi Moore is standing over me with like her Whoa. arm out. She's like, oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> and by the way, I don't know what she looks like now. She... Demi Moore was almost painful to look at in person. Whoa. She was super nice but like i saw her and i was like oh they don't they just build people like this like they yeah it was it was unnerving how Gorgeous, she was. She
0: has, uh, yeah, and she still, uh, I think, looks gorgeous, yeah. but she has always just been stunning. I can't imagine looking at it. It was like you were halfway at, through a meat cute in a romantic comedy of someone bumping <laughs> into you and there's papers everywhere, and then Demi yeah. Moore is standing she was, there.
2: She was super nice. Like her kids helped organize the scripts, and then she's like, I hope you have a good day. And then I never saw them again. Yeah. Um, but like random stuff like that was fun. During some weird downtimes, we would just like explore the damage state hospital
0: oh neat
2: um yeah it was cool but what was also terrifying is that if the effects people got bored they would also lay traps in the damage state hospital. <laughs> oh. terrify us um i got to wear hugh jackman's wolverine gloves because one of the people who worked on x-men worked oh. on bandits and they kept one of the one of the gloves he used with the claws whoa oh. neat. you weren't allowed to leave the that room with those right I mean, right there's a lot of people just all we're all doing schnicked poses yeah oh that's amazing <laughs>
0: That's cool. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to wrap bandits up? Anyone have any, does anyone recommend if they, if people haven't seen this movie to go, to go hunted, it down? Anything? It's really
3: good. Uh, Portland, uh, location. scenery. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It did have a lot more. Yeah. I, the reason I put this off for so long is that I just thought maybe one or two quick scenes, but there was a, a, a healthy portion of, of some Portland sites. So be sure to head, head over to Portland at the slash map. And perhaps I will catch up from the last two movies that I have not updated. And do bandits. So um, so
3: here's the real question we should be asking. If you could only choose one, would you recommend people see this or uh, the hunted?
1: Oh,
2: oh. Probably this. Over the haunted. I mean
0: I might pick the haunted.
2: I think I picked The Hunted.
0: This movie is really Mm. long. This movie is like two hours long. two hours long. I remember The Hunted being short because there was no story in (laughs) it. But at least that kept going. And at least with like...
2: And you got The Hunted where Tommy Lee Jones is just doing his thing and so is Benicio Del Toro. And watching Benicio Del Toro just do his thing is still entertaining. Yeah, that's true.
0: It's a tough call, though. I mean, yeah, Yeah. this is solidly in that... I don't know what shape you you would call... It's like a vase shape where it's fat in the middle, where all of our movies end up. Like some are super good, some are super bell bad. Curve. And the, yeah. <laughs> but like put two bell curves together, and that middle part is just. I'm
2: also, I'm also super impressed how they film parts of the hunted because all of like those Bosnia flashback scenes are filmed by the airport here.
1: Yeah. It's
0: oh. Like okay. a warehouse
2: or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a dude in Portland that still owns all the half tanks they used. Like it's only one side of a tank. Like he like <laughs> he like he's like I'm keeping them.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's cool. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So don't see the hunted or the band or, or bandits, I guess. Is what <laughs> oh, wow. Go see, see what Homer the and Eddie instead. <laughs>
1: Homer and Eddie and What the Bleep.
0: <laughs> 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 now, has she been, has, she, um, oh, what's her name now? I'm blanking on her name from What the Bleep and um, from Hear oh, No Evil, uh-oh. Marley Matlin. Uh, Have we done two Marley, or yeah. three? Why do I think there's three of hers?
3: I think we've done three, and I think there is a fourth. <laughs> yeah. There is another (laughs) Marley
0: Matlin movie. Well, I guess we'll have to hunt that down. Anyway, well, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com, as heard on the Fun Employment Radio uh, Network, not only do you have the longest-running podcast in history of everywhere, not just Portland, anywhere, um, (laughs) you have some exciting news, and I... I have a naive question because I kept referring it to in my notes uh, to talk about this as La Brujera, but I noticed it, it is different now. No. You are, uh, your comic book is going to be coming out uh, next, well, I guess this month. It will be March, yeah. correct?
2: This, well, Mar- yeah, Mar- March 30th, Season of the Bruja, Issue 1 comes out from Oni Press. Yeah, That is Ooh, very, uh, very
0: exciting. Similar
2: similar character names with a completely different story. Okay,
0: yeah, I did so, wonder cause yeah. I, if they were related, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So all the congratulations on that. That is very Thanks. exciting yeah, and that's and great. I made sure my I'm super pumped, my comic shop, when I do buy comics, whenever you or David Walker write one and I go to the comic <laughs> store to get it. <laughs> comics adventure down on Milwaukee uh, is a great store and that oh, guy, that's that, a cool shop. Yeah. yeah. And he, rem- I mean, I come in there infrequently, but you know, I'd, over the years I've been doing it and I'll take some of the kids I work with there just for fun days or whatever. And he knows yeah. my name and he'll, but he'll put stuff aside for me and all that. So he he is, he is great. So make sure that your nice. local comic shop will have a season of the bro. say it for me.
2: Just season of the Bruja.
0: Okay. Season of the Bruja.
2: That's
0: it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. Very, very <laughs> exciting. Uh, anything else that Thanks. you want to uh, promote while you are here? You have lots going on. I know.
2: I mean, that's kind of it right now. Like the show we record live every Tuesday. We stream on Twitch now, like we're finally entering nice. you know, the late twenties. Very cool. Um, so yeah, just twitch.com forward slash geek in the city. I've got a Patreon where I do kind of behind the scenes stuff, so that's just Patreon slash Geek in the City. It's always something Geek in the City.
0: Yes, and you've um, had that branding forever, which is awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, I started it as a joke. Literally, used to be how I would sign my emails to the old Emerson Show. Yeah. And one day, I went to create something new, and he's like, "Dude, why are you using a different name?" <laughs> he's like, "He's like, you are basically like Spaceballs the flamethrower. Like, don't. He's like, you got to use that name now. Like, don't give them something else to learn. Like, All right. Uh, that's amazing." <laughs>
0: Uh, very cool. Well, congratulations on all of that. Happy birthday. Again, we're recording you. uh, on your yeah. birthday. So thank you for taking time out for that. Um, I was going to say one more thing and now I forgot. Well, I guess I will uh, end with whatever music is over <laughs> over the the end credits of this movie. So thank you everyone for listening. Be sure to check out Fun Employment Radio where you can hear both this show and Geek in the City. Uh, as well as their, uh, their show every day. So check them out. Brian, do you have anything before we leave?
3: Uh, no, I'll get
2: back to you.
0: All right. Mark, you have anything before we leave? Nope. All right. We will see you guys later. Thanks again, Aaron.
2: Thanks a lot, guys.